0: Hey friends, have you entered our giveaway this week? We're giving away over $300 in homesteading goodness, all kinds of products, seed trays, seed packets, books on homeschooling, homesteading. Make sure to go to schoolhouselife.com backslash giveaway and get entered for that giveaway to win some of those products. It's only going on this week and then it's over. Next Wednesday, we're announcing the winner on the next episode Um, Today we're talking about Shemitah, taking a year off from farming. It's a biblical perspective. Shemitah is a Hebrew word for letting go, basically. So join us as we chat about that and dive into the idea of not homesteading for a year and what that looks like for our family.
1: Hey friends!
0: Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead.
1: We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle.
0: We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Hey
1: friends, it's Drew and Lacey here. Really excited to talk to you about this topic that we've been going back and forth on. Uh, it's kind of a scriptural term. It's a harvest-related term, a farming term, but the word is shmita, and it's something that's laid out in scriptures for farmers to do, and we're just exploring this year doing it.
0: Yeah, so there's kind of different ways you can look at it. I know when we first moved on to our land, we said we would wait seven years and then we would do it. So you can kind of like pick your own seven years or you can follow kind of the larger body of Israel and they kind of have their own calendar. And this year is that. So it's all of Israel, the people in the land of Israel are also doing the Shemitah.
1: I think we need to take a step back. That's what
0: I was going to say. So now Lacey, explain (laughs) Shemitah.
1: Not even that, so in a Hebraic calendar, the year starts at Rosh Hashanah, which happened a couple of weeks ago. So Rosh Hashanah happens in the fall, and it's a holiday celebrating the beginning of the the new year, which is the I forget because there's two new years, it's the
0: so it's like the civil New the year the
1: civil new year, right? but so that means that all without throughout all of Judaism, they're on the same year starting at sort of the beginning of creation. So we would be in the year 5782 now. And that, according to the rabbis, and, you know, calculations could be off because things get lost over the years over the course of history. But according to the rabbis, that would be, it would fall as a shemitah year. So a year of rest. So in the land of Israel a lot of the farms and agricultural people are resting this year, Rest, letting their lands rest this year. And it's interesting because Drew and I have tried to embrace a lot of the different agricultural regulations that are listed in scripture for the simple fact that if it's in the Bible and it tells us to do that, then it probably is for our, our benefit, for our good, and we can learn from it. So that is true within our entire context with, with in terms of the holidays we celebrate and the moons that we try to recognize and follow the cycles of Judaism and Hebraism and all of those things has become a, a really important element of our lives over the last 20 years.
0: Yeah, you know, somebody I was on a different podcast and somebody was asking me how we got into agriculture or farming or homesteading. Mm. And ultimately, as I kind of pondered it, it ultimately came down to our attempt to grasp the scriptures more Mm. to know the creator better because all of the feast and festivals in the Bible are based off of agricultural cycles, you know, like when the barley is harvested Mm. is Passover, you know, and when the fall festivals are a celebration of the crops that have Mm. been harvested. So everything goes back to an agricultural principle. And as we kind of started looking at that more, like even looking at like sheep and raising sheep, you know, there's so many metaphors so what does it really look like to raise sheep? What, you know, and it, it's funny because we were talking with a rabbi about sheep and I was like, man, they're a dumb animal. And he was like, well, from a farmer's mouth, he knows, you know, so like most people don't even know. But so that that's kind of where we're at, I guess. I think, that.
1: too, one of the things that uh, as a society, we've become less and less intertwined with nature, right? We've isolated ourselves from it. And for the most part, people stay outside of nature as much as they possibly can, intentionally or unintentionally, working in an office space, sleeping in a bedroom, you know, not really coming in contact with the rhythms and cycles of nature in a powerful way. And I think there's a shift happening. But I think when you look at scripture, the ideal lifestyle is so intertwined with nature and those cycles that it couldn't ever be undone. And I think in all of society, not just you know, non-Hebraic living. But even in the Hebrew world, in the Jewish world, there has been this separation of sort of nature and society, so to speak, that, you know, you leave the work of nature up to the farmers and they do their thing in a way that fits within the, the framework of how can I make this the most efficient, the biggest yield. and The that, more,
0: most profitable. The most
1: profitable, right. And driven in a way that's more mechanical than it is spiritual. And I think that what we can see in Scripture is that those two things are so intertwined and should be interlaced, and and so our hope and our goal has always been to, to absorb more of that and to live it out. And so that's probably exactly how we ended up on a homestead.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyways, all that to say that the idea of Shemitah, you know, looking at it, and we did discuss doing it on our own. Okay, time okay. Frame. So Wait, you got to
0: define shmita.
1: Okay. Well, let me come back to that in okay. a second, because I do think that Drew said something important earlier about you can start it at the time of you start your homestead, right? And then seven years and you give it a rest. I think we did sort of attempt that. But what I note this year is that because even though we did kind of do that with, without real intention, we sort of did do that. but we that would have been 2019 and now here we are in two, and we have all of the people in the Jewish world are sort of waking up to this idea of Shemitah too in a different way right even if they're not in the land of Israel even if they're not farmers there's a lot of talk of Shemitah and it's become more of a like spiritual yeah kind of question like what does Shemitah even mean for us anymore right, right? and what is the Purpose of it? Why did it even exist? And I think that in seeing that community rise up to that question, it is so helpful and reassuring and supportive, and that just re realigns with all of the ideas that we have about community and doing things in community and how important it is to have set staple times that everyone is doing the same thing at the same same moment.
0: Yeah, and even that's though very true. no no homestead is an island,
1: right? And even though that at some point, you know it. It would be nice to stagger the Shemitah so that, you know, oh, well, I know that farmer is going to have plenty of produce because they're not celebrating it this year. That's not how.
0: That's th- kind of missing the point of Shemitah. Right. Maybe <laughs> we're
1: going to get into that. So anyway, Shemitah is a funny word to say.
0: So Shemitah. 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 Yeah, is like the full full sentence.
1: And that's Hebrew for meaning let the land go a year right?
0: a year let go a
1: year let go and so this is a year from Rosh Hashanah which happened 2 weeks ago to next Rosh Hashanah you would not till or plant anything in the soil
0: right so Like, I guess let's define it a little bit more. And this, Lacey and I agree on some of this and disagree on some of this. (laughs) And the fun thing is within like the Jewish world, it's okay to do that. And we're kind of also- Well, people
1: always, you know, like a lot of times there's like this idea that, that Judaism is very legalistic. And, you know, there are definitely laws and things that, rules, things that you abide by that maybe don't make rational sense. But then there's this like the Talmud and the Midrash and all of these places where you have these rabbis going back and forth and people think, well, that's too oppressive. And really when you look at it, it's just a conversation. It's not really even you must do this or you must do that. It's, well, this is what this rabbi says and I agree with him or I'm going to go with what he says or this is what that rabbi says and I agree with him and I'm going to... And it doesn't necessarily always divide off into different denominations as just a like, this is the full body, the like, the back and forth. The it makes me
0: think of... The uh, Bruta, right? Uh, yeah, the Prince of Egypt, the single thread in a tapestry, you know, like where, right. where all... You can... Everybody can disagree but it's still all one tapestry. So like... <laughs> There's not like, it's kind of funny because you don't, there's not like a ton of synagogues in a city, you know, it's like, there's maybe one or two, three, I would say at most, you know, as opposed Mm -hmm. to like in our town, I don't know how many churches there are probably hundreds. So it's just, it's a different kind of theology or mindset of like, we're not separating because we disagree. We're staying together because we disagree. Mm
1: -hmm. And even within our town, there is a huge, uh, the Jewish network. That all comes together for a variety of different things. So it's sort of like we're all under this one umbrella, you know, and and it maybe is a different level of orthodoxy, maybe is the right word. But ultimately, they, they see the commonalities as more important than all of that. But anyway... Back to this idea of... Um, we digress. ...shmita. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... Uh, there is...
1: It's okay that we don't come to a full agreement. I right. I think that's the main
0: point. And we're looking at this year as, like, this is the first year we're doing this. So we're looking at this year as, like, a friend of mine who's also doing it. He said that, like, on their farm, the rule is just every year... Every shmita year should be better than the last shmita year. So, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can this year and... Mm. Um, We'll see where we get. Like, So
1: I would say we started keeping Shabbat years and years ago, right? Like it's been 20 years or so. And, and then, you know, kids come into the picture and then, you know, some months are better, some weeks are better, whatever. It's never like, it's never like, a, oh, that was the best Shabbat ever or that was the worst Shabbat ever. It's like, hmm, what can we change and alter and right. how is this me- still meaningful for our family? And I think that the benefit of Shabbat is it comes once a week. So we get a lot of chances. You get a lot more practice. Right. But Shemitah, you know, every seven years, we only have how many of those in a lifetime. Right.
0: But you have a longer time to practice.
1: That's true. That is true. So (laughs)
0: Shemitah is essentially not working the land, not working plants. Kind of some of the ideas are if it's in an effort to keep a plant alive, We always preserve life, right? So, Mm. like, ideally you would turn off, like, your sprinklers. But if plants are going to die because of that, you would leave your water on. You can harvest from perennials. This is, like, the coolest part, I I think, of Shemitah, is that you can harvest from any of your perennials. You can harvest from anything that grows on its own, anything that comes from, like, a wild immersion. Like, volunteers. Volunteer kind of event. Mm. You can eat any of that, but the deal is you're not – taking in more inside than what you're going to eat right then. So you're not preserving. You're not putting up, which that's the biggest challenging part. But the idea behind it is that you're leaving it in the field for the poor, the widow, the people that can't, don't have anything to eat, including animals and wildlife.
1: Which technically is that there's an allotment for them even during times, years aren't shemitah. you're supposed to leave the corners of your field. For the poor. So um, that is, I mean, it's always kind of a thing but I, I don't know. It's a curious, like I I still am hashing this out because it's really hard for me to see, you know, or think about there potentially being a crop of grapes that I'm not going to make some jelly from or something. So I don't know.
0: But you can eat a lot of grapes and the birds are going to love you. The deer are going to love you. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So this is the thing. I kind of had come to terms with them. Like, okay, well, we won't plant anything, but anything that comes up, or any perennials that even if we have to go to other farmers to get perennials, we can do that and then we can put that up. That's kind of what I had kind of in my mind, <laughs> even though I know we talked about not preserving. But I felt like that was a good just because we, you know, I don't want to not preserve and then go to the store for things like that seems like it defeats the purpose.
0: Right. Yeah. And that that is definitely something like I kind of had thought like, OK, we won't eat any vegetables <laughs> at like from grocery stores that we normally would grow. But then it's like, do we just eat out of the pantry? I mean, we have a lot that we preserved this year. And if we would have planned better for a community year, we probably would have put up more so that we had enough to make it through.
1: But then I wonder, is that even the point? But maybe right. it is. I right. don't know. So it's interesting because technically when the when the Israelites were in the desert, right, they had manna that was provided for them without the need of right. of growing or tilling or anything like that. And then they also had enough manna on a Friday to supply them through the Shabbat. So otherwise, if they saved it, it would rot. Otherwise, if they brought it in to try to keep it for the next day, it would rot. But not on Shabbat. On the, on the Friday to Saturday, on that Sabbath day, they had enough from the day before to survive or to, to eat and be full.
0: Right. And ideally, like... The scripture on it promises abundance during Shemitah. So it's not like you're supposed to suffer and barely make it through. God says, actually, like, you'll you'll see abundance in this year. Mm. I will provide. And that's kind of, like, been the biggest, like, mindset shift that I'm still chewing on is this idea of, like, you know, I think everybody in our audience is pretty similar on the thought that it seems like the world's ending. I mean, if you don't, then <laughs> I I don't know. I'd
1: like to talk to you, not yeah. to convince you, but so you can convince me. Right. right.
0: <laughs> and so, like the idea of like, okay, we need to be like putting up right now. I need to be like double stocking. And instead, we get this like cockamamie idea. If you of, had told
1: me in 2018, don't do anything next year, I'd have been like, okay, that yeah, sounds like a nice right? break.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, no, like, it's like
1: panic inducing. Yeah,
0: it is, but it's like also at the same time, I feel like it's like the best kind of like personal development spiritual development you can do of like the very thing that like brings you calm and solace you're gonna say okay i'm gonna step back from that Mm -hmm. and see what happens instead the reality is we do at this point anyhow still have a safety net of grocery stores and things and i fully believe even if we didn't have those we would find abundance you know we might be you might find us over here, like chewing on what was that that Jenny? We'll ate? never not have <laughs>
1: enough plantain. So, right? I mean, right? Like, we'll, we'll have know.
0: plantain and like that. Um, we'll
1: have plantain salads and chicory and, and
0: that uh, wild grapevine thing that, what was that that Jenny was showing us that you could eat the tips of? That's like a spiky vine.
1: Oh, the thorny briar.
0: Yeah, like thorny there. briar. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, we,
1: there's plenty to forage that we've not really, I mean, we've been, I've been learning a lot over the last few years, but we haven't been so bold as to like, Actually, make our meals from that and to feed a family of six from that is a different, it's a totally different thing. And I'm a little excited about the potential of that, but then you think about December and it's like.
0: Well, I just kind of think lots of lamb stew, lots of lamb, chicken, (laughs) and eggs eventually once our chickens start laying again.
1: Yeah. Very high in protein. Yeah.
0: So a lot of a lot of protein and
1: grains. Which, I mean, particularly we could have stockpiled grains right. for a whole year. Yeah.
0: Well, the crazy thing is, like the Shemitah year. So because they would not have harvested the grains like this. Like if we're looking at it now, they would not have harvested the grains this year because that would happen after Rosh Hashanah.
1: And then they wouldn't plant them. They
0: wouldn't plant them. So it would actually be almost three years from the grains. So it'd be the them. year prior, the year during, and the year after. So kind of crazy. I mean, that's a lot. But but I
1: think too, like we, one of the more fundamental basic principles of this is that we're healing the earth, which is what we, Drew and I, I feel like are most passionate about is like the thing that you can't see healing the body of the planet.
0: Right. And the spiritual. Th-
1: yeah. Element. The fundamental, like underlying the stuff that we can't see. And we have grown so much in how much we know and understand how the soil works. And we have grown in understanding of like how tilling disrupts that and how pulling plants out disrupts that and all of these different things that, you know, fundamentally there's an energy that happens beneath the soil that we can never fully comprehend because it's so deep and so, so complex, just like our bodies are right. Like there's all these neuro connectors and mycelium and worms and, you know, just all of this stuff happening that if we let it rest for a year, what could potentially happen now that's a big question we don't know but even in regeneration we'll tell you next year right like we'll have to <laughs> just wait and see but even when we're talking about regenerative agriculture like that's a lot of the a lot of the plan is to make it be the land resting all the time right I mean, really is the ideal situation if you're talking about rate raising and grazing animals on a regenerative pasture
0: yeah i mean ultimately like i just kind of as lacy was saying that i think about like we don't know the repercussions of like hoes hitting the ground or shovels hitting the ground or you know like we're gonna i think we're still gonna mow but you Maybe know not
1: a patch so this yeah. is something else that you know i've been like a little obsessed with of like okay look, let's not touch that area and see what comes of it. And this year we've discovered a ton of new species in those areas that we didn't yeah. know were there. Yeah. And this emergence gardening where you let your lawn grow and see what wildflowers come. And they will. They'll come because they're there. But we actually have to take a break. And we are going to come back and do a part two of our Shmita talk. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. But I hope you're intrigued. And I am so curious. I would love for you to join our discussion in the Facebook group. And
0: yeah. Is Shmita for you or is Shmita not for you? Tell us in the group. Yeah. we want to know tell us on social media, media tag, thoughts, a, tag us yeah. tag a friend that would like to hear more about Shmita.
1: all right thanks all